This is Andres Valencia, founder of Deliberate Breakthroughs. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brendan Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got the founder of Deliberate Breakthroughs, Andres Valencia. He explains why every coach needs a coach. Andres gets into how people build their success on self-sacrifice, but the impact you can receive when you put yourself first. And Andres talks about how we need to feel our feelings all the way through their completion. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of Deliberate Breakthroughs, Andres Valencia. Andres, my good friend, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for having me, Brandon. I appreciate being here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. When the listeners realize all the value that you're you're bringing today and they want to reach out and either A, work with you or just know more about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you either personally or through social? So on social, look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on all of those or Clubhouse. Um, On Instagram, it is at Andres underscore Valencia underscore coach. So that's an easy one. And on LinkedIn, look for Andres Valencia. I am the founder of Deliberate Breakthroughs. So perhaps the easiest way to get on my calendar is go to deliberatebreakthroughs.com. And all the way at the bottom of that page is a link to my calendar. So that's the other way to to get and get in touch with me. Yeah, and and, and Andres and I, we had a, a really great way of bonding and getting to know each other over a big flaming onion, to say the least, which isn't really an inside joke, but True. that was one of the items that was going on when we met uh, for the first time. So definitely look them up, reach out to them, and uh, just get to know more about them. You know, like I, I tell you with all the guests on here, They've been handpicked, hand selected. They're the, the, the result leaders. They're not the thought leaders. Um, they're the people that are going to get you the results and make you take action. So definitely look Andres up. All right, man. Let's uh, let's dive into this. When you and I were younger, you know, our learning and our ability to learn has drastically changed, or what we have access to, really. At the end of the day, when we're younger, textbooks, teachers, and then eventually friends, family, coworkers. But that's really a sliver. Of, of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? I love that question. I wanna say that I've, I've been getting more efficient at it, right? So, so times have changed. There, there is, I'm of the age where I have been told, when you grow up, you will not be carrying a calculator in your pocket. You need to do math by head, right? It was taught, told to me in Dutch, so I don't know. You, you have to do it by heart. I think that's the expression in English, right? In the Netherlands, we do it by head. Um, <laughs> obviously, today we all have a smartphone that's capable of doing the most complex math. We have access to a whole bunch of information at our fingertips. Um, how has my learning changed over the years? It's I'm at an age where I have recognized what it is that I'm good at and what it is that I'm not good at. So I like to call those people that complement my skills and say, "Hey, can we get together so that we can do X, Y, and Z?" and it makes it way more fun because I am a people person. 
Yeah. And if you think about it, there's a key thing. You're able to get out of your own way. You know what you're good at and what you're not. You surround yourself with those people that you know, like, and trust that can help you get around a corner because why learn something that you're not good at, let alone that you don't have to, when you can have resources of people around you. Well, there is value in knowing that what you're not good at so that when you, when that person that does it for you is no longer there, you still know how to do it. Right. So as a business owner, I know my processes. I know my processes so that I can share them with somebody else when the person that I'm working with hits the lottery, wins the lottery and, and takes off to a sunny island with palm trees. Yeah. My, my example is usually is like, hey, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, I at least need your process flow so I can give it to the next person. I used to say that as well. Well, if you die tomorrow, we have to move on. Just like if I die tomorrow, you've got to move on. So there should be a process. So it's a, as seamless as a transition as possible. I used to use that exact same phrase, hit by a bus. And then someone brought to my attention that that wasn't a very friendly way of saying it. That's why I started incorporating the island and winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I should probably switch that one. We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know how it goes if I go to the island one. You know, we were talking about people, how we learn, what we can take in. And I think there's more way to take in information than ever before. And I, to me, it's confusing. There's all these platforms, all these places that you can go. You know, some people, they look for a mentor. Others look for an accountability buddy, a mastermind, a coach, online courses, lots of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from and how did you find them? I am a coach and I truly believe that every coach needs a coach. So I surround myself with coaches that help me become a better version of myself. The people that, I think there's two types of coaches. The coaches that say, hey, I'll teach you what has worked for me. And then you get to reverse engineer it. And I don't think that's actual coaching. And then there's the people who see, you know what? I see your greatness and I'm gonna hold you to it. Even though you are not seeing your own greatness yet. That's the type of people that I like to surround myself with. I'm currently working with a few of my coaches. Do you want me to drop names? Is that what, what you're after? Or what are you looking for? Yeah, if you'd like. Oh, absolutely. Some people like their anonymity and the other people like, hey, I'm working with, uh, you know, Zion. So I'm working with this person, this person. So absolutely. So I, I am working with Zion that you're interviewing tomorrow and Preston. They are my mentors and they are, uh, I'm also part of the leadership team of one of their companies, Kaboom. Uh, so that's definitely uh, people that I'm working with that I surround myself with, which is amazing. Learning to grow from people who are ahead of the game, right? That's, that's part of, of what it is. It's I surround myself with people who are somewhere where I believe I want to go, whether that is in their business, in their leadership ability, in, in, in the way that they create connections. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we, we learn from others' experiences. People that are actually in the trenches, they're experiencing it. You know, it, they haven't been removed so far from it. And those are some of the best people to learn from. I'm not saying we can't learn from historians and Socrates and all these other amazing people, but learning from someone that's actually in the bushes, in the trenches right now, there's just, I think it's one of the best ways out there. You know, I mean, I'm personally, I'm flying out Friday just to uh, learn from someone and spend a few hours with them because as they put it, we can do a lot more in a few hours face-to-face -face than over a Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talking about people, I think we get stuck sometimes and, and we don't know how to execute what's in our head. We're still going through a pandemic. And to me, it's causing a reset and how we can accomplish things. 
How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to get unstuck and out of your own way? So the idea of a mastermind, my, my understanding, there's two different definitions. There's the idea of let's get like-minded people together who want to accomplish a similar goal, which is let's get a group of coaches together uh, who want to accomplish the similar goal of, of growing their practice and they hold each other accountable. And then there's the other idea, which is let's get people with different backgrounds who perhaps all are business owners and get them together and have them learn from each other because there is um, the benefit of cross-pollinization. There is the benefit of, of diversity. And, and we, if we look at diversity is a hot topic these days, but if you look at the research, right, and you look at the results, more diverse teams are more successful. They're more impactful. So looking at various industries, putting those groups of people together, now we've got a lot of creativity or just a different way of doing things that is the standard in this industry, but not the standard in the other industry. Now we get to learn from each other. That's the cool part of masterminds, right? It's, it's seeing something that has been done and worked in another industry that I can apply in my industry or in somebody else's life that I can apply in my life. And I got to ask, which one do you prefer, really, if you look at it, people from all different backgrounds or, hey, everyone that pretty much comes from the same background, where do you feel that you get more value out of? So I have done both, right? And there is value in both depending on where you are. I'll, I'll throw a, a cliche out there, but I think it's an important one. Doing the the right thing at the wrong time is incredibly expensive, right? So I think there's value for both. If I'm still like in the infancy of my business, um, it might be valuable to have a pod where I can be held accountable as well as do the other group, right? Once I've got some more secure footing and I've got something to contribute, when I'm not just turned inwards and, and, lo and, and looking at, okay, what's my next step now? But I can really start adding value then I believe, which is where I'm at in my business, adding uh, value to that, the mastermind that comes from a diverse background makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'm not against or in favor either one, but there is a right place and a time for both. Yeah, you can do, you can do the right thing in the wrong order uh, or you can do the right thing and still have a bad outcome, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it again. It just, it depends on that order. It depends on the timing. There's a lot of variables. And sometimes when we do the right thing and we get a poor outcome, we're like, well, I can't do that. But that's why when you surround yourself with a coach, with a mastermind, they can sit there and be like, no, 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 no. This happens, yeah. you know, tweak these few things. And that's, yeah. that's the amazing thing when it comes to mastermind. And masterminds have been around for, you know, for a while. If you think about it, the first mastermind was probably the apostles. And then from mm. there, Benjamin Franklin, he created something called the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then Napoleon Hill, he writes a book on it, really rounds it out what a mastermind is. As there continues to be a large boom in self-education, where do you see the parallels going between self-education and standardized education? Now, I love the question. And I, I'm going to have to dig deeper into, okay, how do you define standardized education and mass education? Is that, that's the other word that you use? Standard education, college, university versus self-education, coaching, and masterminds. Okay. So the parallels that I see, and I'm 42 now, so it's been 20 years since I graduated college, right? But even back then, and this was in the Netherlands, I had, there was already the idea, the, the parallels of a mastermind of I studied marketing, but I got together with other people who were studying different disciplines within my college. And together we ran groups. 
together we we did things. So perhaps the university that I attended was was different, right? But there was already a large responsibility that was put on me to shape my own experience. That's the parallel that I see with my experience of education 20 years ago and this idea of self-education, which is, okay, where is it that I want to go? What, what are my gaps? And how am I going to bridge those gaps? And what is it that I need? And there is so much out there with, with a lot of different platforms, but it puts the, the responsibility on the individual to, to take care of that. Now, as a provider of education, right, as someone who guides others in that, there puts a responsibility on me to offer value, right? To offer those things that are practical, that are applicable, that, that, that really in integrity can guide people along. And that's interesting, you know, that your experience 20 years ago, obviously going to a different university, coming from a different, you know, a different background than what mine was, because I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. But needless to say, you know, our not by much, not by much, not by much. But our, our experiences are different in how, um, you know, university in the Netherlands versus college over here, maybe how they how they did things. And and who knows? But I still think at the end of the day, like, geez, if you want to be a doctor, nurse and engineer, I want you to have that piece of paper. If you're going to be in marketing and sales in 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 computer electronic, you know, any of that area, gosh, is a quarter million dollars worth of debt? Is it is it is it worth the investment, or or, or could you shorten that gap and actually get a better a higher ROI on yourself by learning yeah. from those that are doing it? Well, does it have to cost a quarter of a million dollars? Is is the question that I would ask first? Yeah, right. It's and again, we have different experiences because we we were brought up in different countries. Yeah, and. It's if, if I so if your question specifically is around education in the United States, right? I've done my MBA here and that cost me a, a sweet penny, right? The cost of education in this country, there's a tremendous bubble, in my opinion, and I'm not the only one who, who says that around the cost of education. And what's the return on that investment? I think that's a really, really good question. And there are a few things that, that play into that, right? So there is this standardized education of going to college and see what, what that looks like. But there's also the potential of the individual and what they get to. Let's take it at a different level, right? What's handwritten on their soul? What mm -hmm. is it that they are here to do? And how do you, how do they equip themselves to create that? I know that sounds a little bit vague, but a lot of the work that I do with my clients has got to do with, with purpose, has got to do with why am I here on this, on this planet? And the idea that everyone needs a bachelor's degree, I do not subscribe to that, right? What that has done for this country is that everyone can get a bachelor's degree, but there's various levels of what a bachelor's degree mean. If you get a bachelor's degree from a university that is not known versus an Ivy League, there's, it's got completely different value. To me, being Dutch, that makes zero sense. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I think the, the wave is going to continue to move in the direction of, you know, where are we valuing that? What is the ROI? And typically when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea, like what's the outcome supposed to be? What should people expect when they decide to invest in you and themselves and work with Andres? I love that question. The Thank you for that. So the people that I work with are typically leaders in corporate who a lot of my clients have built their success on self-sacrifice. So they're really good at business, but they realize that they haven't had a relationship or they haven't prioritized having a relationship for years, or they haven't prioritized seeing the doctor for years, 
right? And so they're really good at business. They have their relationships. What I do is I help them put themselves first. I help them first to acknowledge what it is that they really want, what it is that they, how it is that they contribute value, what brings them joy in what they do. And I help them create a vision that gets them excited. I help them create a vision that is rooted in possibilities rather than in what they believe is expected of them or that is rooted in the ego because our ego's job is to keep us safe. And the ego does that by trying to keep things the same. And so when we talk about creating a, a vision that is rooted in possibilities, the ego starts screaming and thinks, you are trying to kill me. I am not in the camp that believes that the ego needs to be killed. The ego has a role, but the ego does need to be put at ease. So th there are ways that I do that. So all this is a kind of a long intro to what can people expect from working with me is creating a vision that really excites them, whether that is for an individual or for a team. Then the ability to create the action steps to, to realize that vision. And typically what happens is they have an action plan, but then in the execution, the moment that we've created an action plan and everything goes as planned, the action plan wasn't challenging enough or the goal wasn't challenging enough. So things go wrong and that's where coaching comes into play because um, we hit a roadblock and we need to determine, do we break through that roadblock? Do we go around it? Is this the moment where we say, you know what, we got to readjust our goal and, and make things a little bit differently. And that's where one-on-one -on -one coaching comes into play so that they really reach that, their objective. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I really started making me think, you know, a lot of people build their success on self-sacrifice, but you're helping them put themselves first and be able to continue that, that success. And I, I think when you have the right people in the right order around you, you can work the same amount of hours and just have a higher output. Yeah. And I think when you realize like, hey, let's just say you work from nine to noon, what you can accomplish when you get rid of the things in your glass that don't serve you and are actually helping move the needle and then replacing them with a better version of what that was. Because when you when you take something out of that proverbial glass, you gotta be careful what you put back in. You could put something, you could put an ideal that's worse than what you actually just got rid of. But learning how that you don't have to sacrifice your relationships, your health, yourself, the people around you. And that's why people come to Andres. Yeah. That's why people sit there and they're, you know, the outcome is just like, it's not magical, but it's like, oh my gosh, where has this been? Why have I not been doing that? You know, you work with corporate America, you work with entrepreneurs, you work with people across the board. If you wouldn't mind, share a success story of, of someone that came to you and the outcome because of that, you know, they came to you, here was the problem, this is what they wanted to solve and the outcome was above their expectations, if you wouldn't mind. And if you, you know, if you can use names and examples, great. If not, you know, we can go from there. I had, um, I was working, I, I just wrapped up this engagement uh, last month in February and this was a leader, 38 years young, and he had gotten into leadership, was working his tail off uh, many, many hours, felt that the entire responsibility lied on his shoulders instead of leveraging his team. Even like the, the first time that I met with him, I noticed that he wasn't present in the room. He was physically present, but mentally he wasn't there. And, and I shared that with him. I, I held up the mirror and I said, it sounds, it looks like you're not here. Where are you at? And he's like, there are so many things that are going on that only I know how to do. Like, Great. Is there relevancy? Is it important that you're the only person who knows how to do that? And his response was, no, not at all. Like, okay. So what do you want to do with that? 
he in that moment made the decision that he really needed to leverage his his team so he was a new leader in this role and felt that he had to earn his keep by doing it all himself and what we worked on was one elevating his leadership ability two elevating his team's leadership ability so that they could talk take on the responsibility over the course of the 10 months that we worked together he started working 10 hours a week less got a 20% raise based on what he did. And overall, so he's got a better relationship with his wife. He sees his kids more often. His team is more leveraged. So their potential is better, is being used better. So they also get raises, right? So five members of his team got promoted. All of that because he just made the choice. The choice was really simple. And it was, am I going to do this all by myself or am I going to leverage my team? And he made the choice to leverage his team. Wow. And I, I always like to put things in numbers so people aren't just hearing like 10 hours, you know, X, Y, Z raise. So just from the hour standpoint, you gave him 21 full days of his life back, not 21 working days. If you take 10 times 52 divided by 24 hours a day, that's 21 full days of his life back, almost a month of vacation back that he got to put with his family, then the pay raise, then the people that that rolled up to him and worked with. I mean, like the compounding factor of what you just said right there of shifting the mind shift of I don't have to do it all and up leveling the people around you. Gosh, there's got to be a price point on that 21 days plus the pay raise plus the other five people. And the number's got to be a, just crazy. So I don't know if you ever thought about the 21 days that you gave him back, but that's what that, that's what that 10 hours is. Yeah. I love the way of looking at that. Yes. And no, I had not, I hadn't done that math in that way. Right. But, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's time back. All right. Man, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me and that, it, that excites me because time back with yourself, time back with your family is just, you can't get time back. That's the one thing we can't control. True. Yeah. And, and that's where the value is for a lot of my clients is they do things with that really excite them. So the, the time that they spend has a higher quality to it. And often they have more time for themselves to spend in whatever way they want to. That's where the value is. And I agree that is priceless. Yeah. I've got to talk to my coach. He gave me 14. It was probably around October, November. He gave me 14 days of my full life back by shifting some things around. I got to be like, listen, Andres over here, he's getting 21 days. You shortchanged me a week, man. So, but it is. And, and I'm not joking about how much even my own coach has given me back my time, but that's a thing that more coaches give you more time back. So just take it for what it's worth. All right. Uh, we got a few more questions here. A lot of the time in the solo shows, uh, we talk about success, the pillars of success and what it takes to be successful. And a few of those items, you know, are mentorship, uh, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. Because when we define success, we have an essence to define failure. And that's why so many people, you don't see them defining success to them. What do you feel is a key attribute when it comes to being successful? You shared a lot of them, right? I, I think for me, the key attribute in this moment is to define what I stand for and what I don't stand for. What is it that I do want? What is it that I don't want? So having that clarity and saying, you know what, this is the experience that I want to have and, and getting clear on, on what that is. Because the moment that I say yes to something, I'm also saying no to something else and getting really clear on what it is that I want to say no to so that I ha can say, yes, we were talking about this, just jumping on, on this, this call. I said no to something that was 
a spectacular opportunity. And my head was a full yes. My body was, nope, don't do it. And so accessing the wisdom of my body is something that I have learned as a tremendous way of, of just as guidance. And so I could say in full confidence, I am not going to do this wonderful opportunity. I, don't, I can't articulate in my mind why, what's going to replace that, but I'm trusting that this is not right for me in this moment. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, even for myself, there's times where I'll say yes to stuff. And I realize like, what I put at stake right there by saying yes, because they are, there are a, a tremendous opportunities out there that we have to say no to, because sometimes it's just, we're stretching ourselves too thin. We're trying to add one more piece, whether it's to appease someone or we think it's an amazing opportunity or whatever that is. But sometimes you just have to say no, even if it's for the right reason. And it's for something that can help move the needle. Sometimes you just got to say no and see what else comes your way. True. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's this cool analogy that I heard just last night, but it makes complete sense. You, when you are in a relationship and it doesn't work out and you're like, okay, I think there's something better out there. You first have to end the first relationship, at least to be in integrity. And that's how I've done it in my life. I know that there's different ways out there, but for me to be able to sleep at night, I have to end the first relationship, make space, lick my wounds so that then I can step into the next relationship. And I think the idea of making space, because that's what I'm talking about, you have to be able to make space so that you're open to say yes to the next thing. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I know we were talking about relationships there, but I mean, if you don't close out, lick your wounds, and you can take it from business, personal, whatever it is, you're carrying baggage. You're already gonna carry baggage, but you don't wanna carry the worst of your baggage when it comes to that next level of relationship, partnership, business partnership, whatever that is. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You know, I think in times of prosperity, it's easier to win. The, the winds just kind of flow in, come in a lot easier. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. The world's still feeling some form of squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? You tried to roll your R's as you pronounced my name. My name is, my parents are from Chile, right? I was born in the Netherlands. Both my parents are from Chile. My first language is Spanish. What I'm working on right now that excites me is that, uh, speaking of masterminds, joining forces with several thought leaders in the Latin American-American community. So thought leaders in personal development that are of Hispanic nature or background to service that group because there is not a thought leader that is Hispanic that speaks that language and and gets the, the cultural background. And so that is something that I'm incredibly excited about because I think there's a, there's both a tremendous opportunity, there's a market there, and there's a need. Yeah, I, I talk about in one of my other companies. I sit there and say there's a huge gap when it comes to the Spanish-speaking Latino community and 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 all different industries. And I'm not just yeah. I, I know there's other cultures and other their backgrounds that yes, there's also. But since we're speaking about this right here, I think there's a huge gap in what's available across the board. So I love hearing that and. I hear there's a there's a, a platform out there called the Success Finder that also can translate everything into Spanish. But you you might want to have an inside track on how that goes right there. So I have been thinking about you as we as we talk events and stuff like that. I have been thinking about the Success Finder. So yes, making the man's heart palpitate right there. All right, all right. Last one. What is a uh, a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this right now 
implemented this over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they'd see a real impact on their personal or business life. Hmm. So what all my clients learn from me is how to feel their feelings all the way through to completion. And I shared earlier how it is that I access the wisdom of my body. And I know that sounds unusual. Let me put it that way, right? I think that a lot of men especially have the idea that we're either not supposed to have feelings. If we have them, we're not supposed to share them, perhaps with the exception of, of anger, maybe joy, right? And what I do is I, I help my all my clients feel their feelings all the way through to completion. I have a very easy six-step process that I learned from the Conscious Leadership Group. It's on my website. You can download it. It's, it's very easy. But it's understanding that every single emotion, right, the feeling that happens in our body comes up, it reaches its peak, and then dissipates if we allow it to happen so that, that we can access the wisdom from that emotion. And there are different trains of thoughts, but tra one train of thought says that there's five core emotions, which is fear, anger, sadness, joy, and sexual or creative feelings. And each of these have wisdom in them. And so the wisdom in fear is something's about to change, I need to be on alert. The wisdom in anger is a boundary has been crossed that needs to be rectified, needs to be set straight, or something is no longer of service and it needs to be severed or destroyed the wisdom in, what was it? Fear, anger, sadness. The wisdom in sadness is something needs to be said goodbye to. The wisdom in joy is something needs to be celebrated. And the wisdom in sexual or creative feelings is something needs to be birthed. A lot of creativity are those feelings. There's something in the air that, that wants to come out. And when we access and feel those feelings all the way through to completion, my clients feel better in their bodies experience less pain and, and more clarity as to what it is that they want to do. Wow. That's, uh, that's something you need to re-listen to, rewind and take that in. And you said they're able to access that for free on your website. Is that correct? And I know it'll be in the show notes, uh, but give them that website again so they can go look at that because I think it's really important what you just said and they need to dive into that a little bit deeper. So the website again is? Is www.deliberatebreakthroughs.com. So yeah. deliberatebreakthroughs.com. Yeah, I love it. I, I, and, and that's, that's it's a great way, you know, whenever this episode airs, but this is the way I get to start out my week. You know, I get to learn from Andres. Man, I just, I appreciate it. We, we were able to connect. On, so, so why there's a little, uh, you know, back and forth between us is we, we met at a mastermind. Uh, we were launching our, our beta of the platform, the Success Hunter, which you've all heard about. And uh, I, I got to meet Andres the first night, sit next to him and uh, just get to learn more and appreciate the value that he brings uh, from a friendship standpoint and the value that he just brings as a, as a human and what he can do for you, your company, or just your leadership style. So I, I really recommend taking a look, reach out to him. We have got the founder of deliberate breakthroughs, Andres Valencia. Andres, my friend, thank you so much. Brendan, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. And as always, I have enjoyed, enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.